Welcome everybody to episode one of the Played Up Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am D High. Up and uh, to my right we got the Coove. That's me. Up and oh, to uh, my left we got JD Hugh. <laughs> what is going on, fellas? How's it going? What is going on? <laughs> Clearly we didn't, get, we didn't get that down. <laughs> right, good, episode one. If things go off the rails a little bit, it's it's fine. So we are here, we decided to do this podcast. We are a collection of guys who met up through Twitch and our love of Warzone, hence the name, Played Up. You know, so you'll be expecting to hear from us some pop culture stuff, some games, some movies, television, and we'll be talking about it all. But we're going to jump right into everything. So cool, what has been going on this past week, my good man? This past week, I mean, I've added a bunch of channel points to my stream. So I've been having my my followers kind of enjoy some new stuff. Um, I think they're having a good time with it. Uh, as for home life, home life's going good. Work is going good. Uh, can't Don't really have any complaints there. JD, how about you? How's your week going? Well, yeah, it was going all right. Uh, Saturday probably around 3 p.m. Central Time. My youngest just decides to throw up and then did stop throwing up until probably about 10.30 that night, oh, 11 o'clock. Uh, so uh, it's the most I've ever seen one human vomit in my life. It was almost like half an hour like clockwork. And it was all over the couch, all over his mom, all over me, all over his grandma. I mean, you name it, it was getting <laughs> everywhere. And it was just like, what What happened? And then the next today, he woke up and he was just kind of lethargic and just kind of like hanging out and didn't eat anything until almost four oh, o'clock tonight. So it was uh, it was a little rough at the uh, Shelby household for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, happy to be here because he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, how about you? You had a really special day yesterday. Yeah, yeah you did. My birthday, man. I, I happy it. birthday. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yes. Happy birthday, birthday. Happy so, birthday. You know, I did a birthday stream for my birthday. Turned out way better than I could have ever imagined, man. Had easily my highest viewer count on Twitch ever. And it was just a, a lot of love and support in there, man. People coming through to wish happy birthday, hang out, and hear me tell some very, very embarrassing stories from my past. <laughs> Good stuff, man, and I had a blast, but this week has been pretty good for me, man. But what have you guys been playing this week? I mean, for me, it's mostly been Warzone. Uh, I finally I finally broke my curse this week of not getting any wins. So shout out to the Frozen GM Murkowski for helping me with that. <laughs> so after, what, two months of not getting any wins, I finally got one. Um and then other than that, I've been playing the demo of uh, Outriders. So Square Unix. It's good. So Square Unix released a, a demo of their new game coming out called Outriders. It's kind of Gears of War mixed with, like, supernatural powers. So, you know, you're taking cover. You're, you know, popping out and shooting. It's third person right behind you. Uh, but it's a fun. It's a really fun game. Uh, I chose, you get four paths to choose from. And I chose the space-time temporal teleporter path. I'm enjoying it. I recommend it. It's free. It's a free demo right now, so you can go check it out. JD, what you been playing, man? Man, it's been it's been a rough week over here. Uh, started a new diet. 
So I went keto. And so my sugar levels are completely like non-existent. And so it's been a struggle to make effort to come down here and get on and play. So I've just been sticking to Warzone. Uh, unlike who I did not break my curse. Uh, and I blame the 24-hour stream that started all this foolishness because... Before the 24-hour stream, we were knocking wins out left, right, and center. And then 24-hour stream come and goes, and me and Coop couldn't get a win if our life depended on it. Literally, if our life depended on it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for me, it's just been Warzone this week. Nothing special. I I'm going to be honest. I, I barely make it to the stream half the time. Thursday, I got so tilted that uh, I actually just logged off early. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's that. <laughs> All right, Mr. D. Yeah, what D, you what's playing? up? Dude, it's been, I've, I've actually mixed it up a little bit, man. Kind of some Warzone. I've been doing a little bit of, as you guys can see, my youngin' running in the back. Um, I've been <laughs> playing guess. Warzone mostly all week. I mean, that's pretty much my go-to game when I just want to chill and hang out. So it's a lot of Warzone. But I actually ran back the Injustice 2 story mode um, and actually finished it up this morning because for some reason I just felt like playing through that story again. So I went ahead and started from the beginning and ran it all the way through. And man, that's a really good game. And when I it finished is. it, I, I found myself like wanting, like, man, I can't wait for a part three to come out because it's just a really good story. It's because we talked about it last week. We I talked think, about the so. storyline. <laughs> I think that definitely led into it was us having that conversation. But man, some good stuff, man. Um, I've been. You know, I downloaded the Outriders demo. I haven't played it yet, but it's on my list of, you know, games to jump on this week. So we'll see how it goes, man. But it's fun. It's good catching up on everybody this week and the goings on and whatnot. Let's jump into the news corner because there's a lot of news going on this week. And so we're going to lead off with the coup. What you got for me, brother? <laughs> I got two stories, but I think I'm going to pick the one that is the biggest news, is Nintendo announced a new Switch coming out. They want to get it out, released later this year. Online is calling it the Switch Pro, even though that is not its official name. Uh, but the new Switch is going to have a bigger screen, an OLED screen for better graphics, and if you have it docked to your TV, it will support up to 4K. So this is actually a huge leap for Nintendo, because uh, all their consoles are... Or their consoles have usually been behind the current gen consoles by one or two. They're still behind. I mean, the PlayStation and the Xbox can do 8K, uh, but it's a it's a big leap for Nintendo coming out. So this holiday season, if you haven't gotten a Switch yet, new one's coming out. So just hold off a little bit longer. <laughs> so they haven't announced a price or anything on there yet. They haven't. No, nothing yet. No game releases for it. I mean, it's just an update to their Switch. You got any guesses on the price? What is it about two ninety nine right now for the, the Switch? Yeah, I'm gonna guess they might push it that little extra more because Nintendo can afford it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say three ninety nine possibly. If the PS five is going for five hundred, uh, I'm gonna guess they're gonna come under a hundred bucks. Yeah, I can see three ninety nine as a, a good price point for that. Um, it's for them to support now up to four K. I think they would almost say, "Look, you guys been asking for four K, so pay the premium price." To, mm -hmm. uh, to play it, so I can see that. Well, also, if you have a current Nintendo Switch, you might want to go ahead and swap it in now right. before the new one comes out, get right. more credit for it before everybody else swaps the market and that price goes down. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a, a cluster come late mm -hmm. fall, wintertime frame. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, with the stock finally coming back, 
for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox, that's probably going to hit around holiday season. So you're going to have another kind of mini console war between the three. Right. Um, but I mean, the other news they did announce with the new Switch, you won't have that Joy-Con drift. So all these people that have been wishing you with their Joy-Cons, uh, mine included, my Switch, I had to send my Joy-Cons in to get them fixed. Right. Uh, they, they have promised to have fixed that problem with the new one coming out. Hopefully that is something they work on because I've now had two switches now and both of them have the Joy-Con mm-hmm. problem and that is very frustrating, you know. Absolutely. You could send them in and get them fixed, but I mean, it still didn't solve anything for me. It and I mean, I I have a second pair, which also drift, but I sent one pair in and it took them. I mean, with COVID, it slowed it down. They even said we're not accepting any. And then once they did, shipping them back was about a month wait just to get your controllers back. So if you only have one set of Joy-Cons, you're without your Switch for a month, unless you go buy more Joy-Cons. Like I said, fortunately, I had that backup pair, but now I need to send those in because those drift, I think, even worse than the other ones. Luckily, most of the games that I play, I don't really have to use the Joy-Cons. I just use the the Pro Controller. Mm -hmm. That just works out well. Well, and they get... The good thing as well about Nintendo is it has a specific market, right? So it's not like every person in the market is after a Nintendo. Most of your your gamers are looking for your PS5 or your Xbox probably during the holiday season. There's going to be that population that's going for their younger kids or, you know, for the funner, like kind of nostalgic type games. You don't have as big of a market share in Nintendo Switches as you do like in the PlayStation Xbox. So hopefully... That means good news for holiday shoppers. They're actually able to get one as opposed to PlayStation and Xbox that just constantly hit and miss with their deliveries. Right, right. Except for those scalpers. Got it. They're going to hit hard and heavy again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's in it to make a buck, you know it? That's right. <laughs> with Nintendo announcing this, that tells everybody that they're building up their inventory now so it's mm-hmm. not some cluster. But Nintendo is also a fan of the hype train behind their product and then limiting the quantities that, that they roll out yep. so that it stays high and everybody, you know, keeps wanting it. So, cause I remember the Wii was like that when it came out and then when the switch came out, it was like that. And then plus once COVID hit, the switch was like, you, you can't find that thing. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. So crazy stuff, man. You Absolutely. What, are, what stories you got for us there, JD? Well, I, too, also have two, uh, one that Coop sent me to read on Saturday and one I found myself. So I'm going to use the one that, that one. I thought I'm going to use the one that Coop sent me just because I know so many gamers out there are interested in it. And that is Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia is sending out a huge update and that's going to update a bunch of the issues that they've had in game. Unfortunately, for all of you who still complain about how slow the characters move, there is no fix for that yet. <laughs> It will still be at a snail's pace. The only difference is they're going to make the ghost better and it can hunt you faster. So, hey, <laughs> as long as you like dying, this seems to be a great update for you. <laughs> uh, other than that, they've done a lot of good updates. There's, uh, you know, there's some fixes for some glitches, right? Um, I've seen there was a lot of sound issues that they're updating and fixing. A lot of player, uh, if you're like the main person and you leave in the middle of a hunt, the ghost continuously hunts and never leaves. Uh, so they've updated a lot of that. They've updated some maps. Uh, they kind of redefined some corners and boundaries for the ghosts and everything. But if you're a Phasmophobia player, this is a huge update for you, right? Because if you're playing this nonstop, it's it's allowing you to enjoy the game more fulfill, 
fully, more fully. And that's probably not even the right acronym for that, but okay. Uh, but uh, it does allow you to enjoy the game a little bit more with those fixes. I think for me as a Phasmophobia player, my number one gripe about the game itself is how slow the characters move. And you're at a severe disadvantage as soon as the ghost starts chasing you because you're just like, oh, let me crawl at the slowest pace possible while the ghost is in a mad sprint chasing you. It's, it's kind of an unfair advantage in my opinion, but... You know, it is what it is. I, I'm glad they fixed the the EMF readers and stuff like that, so you can actually use them now. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the other complaints: is people were using those and going, "Are you there? Are you there?" And they weren't getting any responses back. And I think that's frustrating a lot of people as well. Is there a rollout date on those fixes? I believe the updates come out on Friday. If mm-hmm. I remember, I think. I think so. I think they're coming think out so. soon. Yeah. Uh, but they are going to drop them. It's going to be, my guess, is a very big update because it had the patch notes for it went on for about three pages. Yeah, it's there a huge that, There were that many updates they're doing. So good news is hopefully it gets out of beta move, mode soon and actually get a full-functioning yeah. game. That would be a positive for them. I think that um, the developers are kind of caught off guard by the response to Phasmophobia. I don't think they were expecting it to blow up the way it has because... That's become such a good, fun group game, especially for like Twitch streamers and stuff like that. So I don't think they were expecting the response to it. And now that it is as popular as it is, they were like, well, we better go in there and fine tune some things before, you know, we do a full release on this. Because once it comes out, I expect, you know, it's going to keep going because I haven't really seen people stop playing Phasmophobia. I think it's kind of, it's still been going on. So good stuff there. Yeah, I, I think, like you said, I think a lot of Twitch streamers like playing the game. Uh, it, it is just a good, fun game, especially if you have one of those people that like reacting, right? They go, oh, my <laughs> right? You, you get those type of people in your stream or in whatever you're playing with, and you just die laughing, right? Because it's just stupid funny. But uh, yeah, it is a popular game, like I said. And I know they started off with, what, two people? When they when they launched this game, it was just two guys in a garage probably working the, the, the game. And now I'm sure they got probably about four or five people helping him just kind of fine tune it. More. And that's just probably from people actually playing the game themselves, sending him in suggestions on how to fix it and stuff like that. So right, right. They put more of an emphasis reading those updates on hiding. So like yeah. if a ghost is in a hunt mode, usually you're gonna outrun it. Like in the high school level or the prison level, these are massive maps. And once the ghost goes in hunt mode, you just walk down to the end of the hall and it finally stops hunting you before it gets there. But now it seems like it will keep hunting you, and they really put emphasis on find a locker to hide in, find a closet if you're in the house, you know, more than just run away and wait for it to end. If your radio goes off and you're screwing with your partner, they will hear that and actually mm-hmm. come to you, and they will open doors now, so shutting the door no longer saves your life, mm-hmm. and shutting a locker no longer saves your life. So you actually have to get out of sight and then hide. Also, the, one of the other bigger updates is if two people are running in a straight line next to each other and the ghost is hunting one, it used to only focus on that one no matter what the other one did, but now it will shift. So if someone slows down or goes the wrong way and the ghost just happens to see it, the ghost is going to change course and go after the other person. So, again, a lot of fun updates, more realistic uh, in nature, but it's not. I don't think it's going to be anything groundbreaking, revolutionary, but it'll be good. <laughs> D, what you got? Well, the very first story that I have, this is a little bit of gaming news. This has to do with E3. E3 Mm -hmm. has officially been canceled in any 
sort of live capacity where people are going to be in the building. There will be none of that here in 2021. Thank you, COVID and coronavirus. All right. So, but there will be a, still a digital event going on. Everybody, all the showcases that were going to take place are now being moved to a full-blown, you know, digital event. And I, I kind of expected that. I didn't. I thought if they try to do uh, something in the building, it would be kind of too soon. And plus, I don't like the optics of watching it on TV and having to see everybody spread out with masks <laughs> on and all that stuff. Like you might as well not have it, you know, at that point. So a digital event, I think it works better. Um, DC held their event late last year when they did like the trailer for the Batman and stuff like that, and it was amazing. Like, it was all pre-recorded stuff. It was a live digital event, and it lasted for a couple of hours, and it turned out, you know, awesome. So I think E3 can go down just like that, and I think it can work out and work well. Yeah, I think gamers alike will be excited when COVID is over and they can go back to their basically conventions because there's so many conventions that we as gamers have that we're just not able to get to and not see the newest of the new products, you know? Well, and even like E3, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, you know, all those are usually sold out years in advance, or you have to be there to buy tickets for the next year. So I digest all that information through YouTube videos and Twitch streams anyway. So, I mean, this really won't be anything new for me, but I'm I'm glad they're making the choice not to hold a live event while we're still in the midst of this whole pandemic. Yeah, and I've noticed that a lot of states have lifted their mask mandates, too. So it could be a situation where they would move it to another state, right, and then pick one that didn't have it if that ever became their desire. But, again, I think the gaming community has been pretty good, considering a lot of us play in our basements away from everybody else to begin with. Uh, you know, I think the gaming community is pretty good about not rushing into an event when they don't need to. And everybody's obviously cautious about the COVID because it can kill, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. we've seen deaths around the world. Uh, but I, I also think that there's no rush from the gaming community to get there. So I, I think it's a smart move going digital this year, for sure. And my guess is it very well could be digital next year, too. They may sit there and adopt that platform. You notice a lot of workplaces have adopted that platform now, too, right? Where a lot of people work from home now that didn't work from home before the pandemic. And there's a very high possibility they'll continue to work from home after the pandemic because workplaces have seen the efficiency of their workers so again it could be could be a situation where they keep it digital you know more people can attend that way and they can probably get more money out of it but we'll see yeah that was the um the, one of the big things that they talked about was you know seeing them going all digital this year the potential cost saving that it that can be done you know instead of having to hold the event live and all that stuff. Cause you know, they're printing out banners and flyers to hand out and all types of merch to pass out and stuff like that. Like the costs are way down this year because it's all digital. So I could definitely see this being, you know, kind of the final nail in the coffin of E3 being a live thing and it becoming an all digital event. To me, it sucks because personally, I, I've always wanted to go to E3 and never had a chance, but you know, I also just enjoy E3 as an event, so I don't mind tuning in digitally for it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm more more like you, D, where I'd rather be on site and go to it uh, just for the experience, right? I mean, just hanging out with people, getting to know different people. I mean, it's no different than being in Twitch, only you're in real life, right? <laughs> where you get to interact with people you normally would interact with, uh, see the newest of the new things that are coming out, and then, you know, make some possible connections or friends from there and 
can take that back with you. Right on, right on. All right, my next story that I got for you guys, this is in the realm of comic books. Well, I actually have two comic book stories, but we'll go with this one first. So apparently, Marvel is planning out their MCU invitation to the X-Men. But, from what I understand, they are not going to call the movie X-Men. The tentative title right now is The Mutants. And that's what they're working on. So, this will be the introduction of the X-Men, but they're going to call it The Mutants. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to completely take away the X-Men title from the movie, or if it's something that may come later. But... I'm interested to see how they're going to bring the X-Men into the fold, you know, considering the MCU being what it is as a big universe and everything. So, WandaVision yep. kind of set some stuff up there, you know, kind of put some little, you know, a little, some little breadcrumbs out there to follow maybe and see where this could lead to. But it's interesting to see because, I mean, Kevin Feige, he has been spot on with plotting out this whole, you know, this this whole thing so far. I'm curious though if how they're going to fold the X-Men into it. And I'm I'm specifically talking about Wanda. So you have, you know, WandaVision which yeah, kind of give you little hints and for those who haven't seen the finale cuz it was just this last Friday, I won't give any spoilers, but there was some there was a path people were thinking with the introduction of Quicksilver coming back that ended up not going that way. Um but I'm curious how they're going to link it because in the comics, the Scarlet Witch is a mutant. But here in the MCU, they've set her up as a witch, just having magical powers. So I'm curious how they're going to take such a huge, well, mutant, because she does run the whole House of M series out of the comics, which is a game changer for the X-Men. Um, I'm curious how they're going to work that into the, new, into the new MCU by not having her be a mutant. Well, I think there will be some questions that the fans will ask is, you know, where were you? when uh <laughs> when all the avengers were fighting it out and you guys were just chilling out at the uh right. like, your house you know <laughs> like where were you guys <laughs> i think that question um i think that's where the whole multiverse thing comes from mm -hmm. i think that's going to be their way of kind of you know easily explaining away a lot of things like where were you guys during the fight with Thanos? Well, we're in a whole different multiverse, you know, like another part of the right. multiverse. So I think they'll use that as kind of their way to explain away a lot of things, but also their way to introduce a lot of characters. Yeah. Because the rumors have been flying, like the Spider-Man movie coming out, like we might get to see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire come in in some capacity. If yeah. that's how they do it with the multiverse, I'm fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. I think that would be awesome. You know, to get to see, well, one, Andrew Garfield needs a redemption on his Spider-Man. He does. And Toby, it would be awesome to see him get back into the role and play the more mature Peter Parker who's been at it for some years. Mm -hmm. you know, so I think that'd be kind of cool. So I think the multiverse is going to be the thing that sets it up for, you know, for everything. So I'm, I'm interested and excited to see what they do with the X-Men going forward. But I wonder, I wonder if they're doing too slow of a burn. So, you know, during episode zero, we talked about how Marvel does such a great job setting up their movies uh, through their uh, timeline and DC jumped the shark. But now I wonder with Doctor Strange and the Menace of the Multiverse not coming out till 2022, you have a whole year of stuff that you need to fill in. So, I mean, 
I don't I don't believe there's any major Marvel movies scheduled this year. At least I can't think of any. But we have Oh, that's right. Black Widow does come out this year. Um but I I'm, that's another one I'm curious how they're going to work that in cuz that's actually going back in the past. Um but I mean you do have uh Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out next two weeks I want to say, which will have less episodes than WandaVision. So I'm again I'm curious how they're going to work that into the current timeline. I think we have stuff, but I wonder if they're waiting too long to get to the multiverse, or if it's just one big giant tease. I think it's all a build-up. I mean, as you can see, WandaVision, like, they set up, you know, they set up branching off into other stories from you mm-hmm. know, WandaVision, so I can kind of see the same thing happening with Winter Soldier, with Loki, with his show, you know, and then I don't, I don't see them making a Black Widow movie without it branching somewhere else. So I think there is something to come out of the Black Widow movie. And then, don't forget, we still got the Secret Invasion show coming. The Miss Marvel yep. show is coming. So, I mean, there's... The MCU is plotted out for, what, three, four years? Five like years, that. maybe? So, I have faith in them that they'll find ways to work it in. I mean, that, that actually kind of leads a, a, a good segue into my next story which is the rumor is that the Blade movie is going to begin filming in the fall. Mm. So I'm excited about that. I didn't really want to like dive deep on the story or whatever because it's just a rumor that they're filming in the fall, but I was going to ask you how you guys felt about Mahershala Ali becoming the new Blade. JD, I'll let you kick that one off. Yeah, I mean, I was never really tied either way to the Blade character to begin with. We're talking about the Blade for Vampires, right? Mm-hmm. Vampire Hunter. Okay, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Because I, I heard Blade a couple of different contexts, too. So it's it's sure just a mythical sword that floats through the air. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make sure we're not going into an anime show and I'm over here talking about vampires. You yeah. know, I, I, I like the original Blades, obviously. You know, I watched them when I was younger, right? And I think that's probably, for me, that's okay. I think for the younger generation that's never probably even seen the movie Blade, or any of the sequels, uh, they're not going to really care. You know, they're just like, all right, cool. It's just some guy killing vampires and, and kicking ass. And I, and I think that's okay. I don't have a, I don't have a strong opinion about it. I've never, I've never been a diehard you know, end of the day blade fan. Right. It was always a fun movie to watch, but never anything I got into. Then. Goof, what's your thoughts? I mean, I liked the original Blade, or the first one with Wesley Snipes. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. I mean, again, you want to talk about a good techno soundtrack with the blood death or blood dance scene. Um, I mean, definitely had its corny moments. Uh, and actually, at the time when I saw that movie, I did not know it was part of the Marvel universe. Um, the sequels were not that great. I mean, they definitely tried to ride that wave and just failed. Um, but as for, uh, who they've named as Blade now, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I kind of see it as maybe like a, kind of like what you said with Tobey Maguire, kind of like an older Blade. Um, cause I mean, Wesley Snipes was definitely younger when he did the role. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I loved the first Blade. I really liked the character. I liked the concept of the Daywalker. Um, his sword is just awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is such a cool sword. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for it. I did not know it was part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was never ever do that. A lot of people didn't pick up on, you know. Um, I mean, they they you know there's each comic side like Marvel, DC. They have like their main characters that everybody knows, you know, and then they always have their sub characters that 
people are like, really? That person is part of this group or whatever? And it's like, yeah. You know, like you hear like certain things like Swamp Thing, part of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Like, what? For real? <laughs> like you or Dracula. Like, yeah, like you hear these things and you're like, what for real? And then, you know, you find out all these things. So, yeah, Blade... Blade has always been a really cool character to me. You know, I remember seeing him like when he was on the old Spider-Man cartoon back in the day and stuff. Mm-hmm. He had his cameos on there where he was fighting Morbius and stuff and, and everything. <laughs> and I'm excited to see Mahershala Ali, you know, the story behind him actually reaching out to Kevin Feige and telling him, I want to be the next Blade. And Kevin Feige was like, mm. okay. You know, so <laughs> I mean, if a guy wins two Oscars in a row and then he calls you and right. says, I want to be in your thing, I think you let him in the thing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that's kind of awesome. I'm excited to see what they do story wise, you know, what they're going to do with them. But it's going to be pretty cool, man. I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So if they do start in the fall, that means we can probably expect it early 2023, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Well, depending on how the pandemic handles, but yeah, maybe as long as we don't have any other virus that comes and speaks across the world. From the way that they've uh, been doing these movie sets, it seems like they've been pretty much on their schedule as far as mm-hmm. filming them and everything, because they they're very strict with their COVID testing. So yeah, I think they get tested daily as they come in. I think another character that's missing from our current MCU is Deadpool, right? And how do you bring in Deadpool into that? And I think that's an easy sell as to why he wasn't there, and that's because he didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? it's funny. It's, it's really funny you mentioned Deadpool. I was going to say, uh, in Blade 3, uh, Ryan Reynolds played a character in the third Blade movie, so he was a part of the Marvel Universe already. And then he played... Um, Weapon X in the Fox X-Men movies, which was terrible. Uh, he branched over to DC and was the Green Lantern, which was also terrible. And then he came back as Deadpool, which was amazing. <laughs> but again, you're still on Fox, but now he's back here. So, I mean, Ryan Reynolds has been all over the comic book universes. I mean, he's just been everywhere. But he definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, Deadpool can definitely play a game of he just didn't care. So that's why he wasn't here, or uh, he just he broke the fourth wall and knew he's in a movie and waited till it was the perfect time. But they did announce Deadpool three; it is in the MCU timeline. Yeah, they announced Deadpool three, and Kevin Feige assured everybody it will be R rated, so nothing's yes. going to change with the character. You know, now I don't know about Blade; they haven't said anything about what rating they're going to try to work for on that one, but. I, I mean, I've heard people complain that you can't do a Blade movie that's not R-rated. I mean, I think it just depends. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to figure out a way to do it, but you're, you're going to have a lot of blood. It's vampires, right? They live off of blood. And, I mean, your main weapon cuts people, so, I mean, it, it's going to have to be an R-rated movie, I'm sure. Yeah, I think, I think you almost have to shoot for an R-rating. You got a guy that's the daywalker. He uses guns and swords. Kind of hard to sit <laughs> right. there and go PG-13 on those. You know, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see. But I got one more news story. And that is they have pushed up the release date of A Quiet Place 2. It oh. It's been moved up several months and is now going to release on May 28th. And it is going to be in theaters 
And if I believe what I read was correct, it may be also releasing on the Paramount new streaming platform as well. So, good stuff. You know, I saw A Quiet Place for the first time during COVID because I had time to watch movies. I was actually impressed. I I thought it was going to be a little dull because I thought it was like right off the, uh, oh, I can't think of it, the Sandra Bullock movie where they couldn't see. Yeah, Bird Box. I'm like, okay, you couldn't see. Now you can't talk. Next we're going to have you can't hear. Um, and I'm excited for the one you can't smell. We'll see how that one goes. <laughs> but I I really liked it. Krasinski did an awesome job uh, playing the role. He, I mean, for a movie with like very little dialogue, it was done really well. So I'm I'm excited to see the second one. I didn't know that it had been bumped up, so that's exciting. Yeah, it was actually just announced. I think it was just announced today that they just and that they're moving it up. So it's coming out uh, May twenty eighth, which I mean they had already pushed it back because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But then I think like some of these companies that you know some of these studios that wanted to push back their stuff to put it in theaters, I think they didn't realize that um, COVID would still be going on this long, and so they eventually was like, well we already put our money into this movie might as well go make some you know while you can i think it kind of ties into the conversation we had last week where hbo max is like you know where hbo max did the deal with warner brothers and now they sit up there and you know now they sit up there and made money over at warner brothers with hbo max and now other studios are like well maybe we need to start doing some you know dual releases too theater and streaming platforms because if one thing is true, people will pay to watch movies at home. Absolutely. So you might as well just bite the bullet and make it happen. I'm interested to see how Marvel is going to release Black Widow. Mm-hmm. They say May. It's coming. Well, but Disney Disney does theirs different, right? So HBO Max will release it for free, and we're getting all these, these great movies this year. I'm curious to see what Paramount, former CBS uh, stream, is going to be doing. And if they're going to make them free, if they're going to charge a premium like Disney, who does, was it? it's Disney Plus Premium. Yeah. But I, I don't like that price. $30 to see a movie, that's a little high. I think the reason Disney does that is because they know it's not just one person sitting at home watching it. Mm-hmm. They know it's a family. So they want to kind of get like the theater pricing for it. And so I can understand the $30. There are some movies where I pay $50 to see. I'd pay $50 right now to see the Black Widow film. I've waited too long for that. <laughs> I want it back. Uh, I don't know. Black Widow yeah. is never one of my favorite Avengers. <laughs> but, but the one thing with Disney Plus is even though you pay $30, it's not hey, a 24-hour rental. Guys. You usually get to keep that movie up until the time that it goes live for free. And so you can come back and watch that over and over again. That's good. I didn't know, like, I thought it was like a one time, you pay for it, you watch it, you have 24 hours, you're done. No, the other ones that I got have always been you buy it and then it stays on your your area. Now, maybe that was a glitch, but it stayed on your area until it went free, right? And you just can keep rewatching it. I mean, I don't mind the premium pricing. I think 30 is a little steep, but like I said, I don't think it's just one person sitting at home watching these. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it is families having movie nights and stuff like that. So 
it kind of makes sense, especially for stuff that was supposed to go to the theater first. You know, these big movies, like The Fast and the Furious is like a big theater movie. You know, Black Widow, obviously, is a big theater movie. Mortal Kombat. You know, these are movies I would expect to be like big, go to the theater, pay like 30 to $50 for your family to get in and, you know, sit and watch those. So I don't mind paying that stuff at home. Now, there are certain movies, like, I didn't care too much for the Mulan, so I wasn't paying 30 bucks. <laughs> but, you know, there some of them I can understand it. Some of them I'm like, huh, uh, whatever. Well, then there, there's movies that demand a theater experience, right? Like, I, dur- again, during COVID, plenty of time, I rewatched all the Marvel movies in chronological order rather than release order, which I highly recommend if you haven't done it. Um, and, like, you get to Infinity War and Endgame, especially Endgame, it just it doesn't have that power behind it because you don't have that theater sound system booming when you know the portals open or the final battle with Thanos. So I mean, there's definitely certain movies that demand the theater experience to really get into it uh, versus just listening to it at home because not everyone's going to have a you know 9.2 surround sound system sitting in their house. I would say yeah, it's probably true, but I don't think there's a movie that I. First of all, I think what needs to happen from like Disney Plus is they if that's their set pricing, that's fine, right? But we're already paying a subscription to get into you. So the movies that you're charging thirty dollars for better stay consistent. I better not pop on there one day and see, you know, a Marvel's movie that you're releasing and you're jacking the price up to fifty, right? Because the theaters don't do that. The ticket's still the ticket, no matter how many times you go, right? No matter what movie it is. So I don't want to walk in there and have Disney jack up the price. I think they're gonna lose people if they do that. People are gonna go, you know what? No. I'm not doing that. Plus, you got to think how many people are at home. There's usually four people, two adults, two kids, right? That's the average household in the U.S. is four. So you got to think how how much are they charging $30 for people? You start probably still getting a discount. It's about $7, right? A ticket to go in there. So that's still like you're going to the theater. I, I still think it's a win, uh, considering you can't get to the theater. And plus, you get to get cheaper concession stands, right? It's uh, yell at the kids on the bring back a Coke when they're in the fridge or something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my wife charges me fifteen dollars for a bag of popcorn. We've seen that among us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, that was our news corner for this week, and so that brings us into our topic of the week, which we decided on three favorite sci-fi movies. So what are your personal three favorite science fiction movies, fellas? We will start with JD. What you got for me, man? My first favorite sci-fi movie also falls as probably one of the most underrated movies in all of sci-fi history, in my personal opinion, and that is Prometheus. I loved Prometheus. I thought it was a great, it was, uh, I, I didn't know at the time it was tied into Alien. So that probably mm-hmm. uh, didn't tailor my expectations, right? I thought this was a movie. We were exploring a new planet. It's humanity's like kind of first deep space kind of exploration type thing. And I was digging it, you know, and then we popped in here. And we're, we're searching for our origins. And next thing you know, you know, it goes to hell like it normally does. But I thought that movie, the whole setup, the whole around it, the only thing that made it a little weird was David, right? The robot. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's kind of weird this robot has this much resentment to humans and nobody shut it down yet. Right? It's a whole <laughs> question as to why that, that's okay. right? And why is he so emotional if he's a robot? But 
other than those questions, I thought the movie was great in my personal opinion. Uh, my second favorite sci-fi movie is obviously going to be followed up with Alien, right? Because I love <laughs> Alien. I think Alien was a great movie. Uh, obviously, there's no such thing as Alien, so it kind of it kind of falls into horror slash sci-fi, right? But it's still kind of there. Uh, and my third one is Jurassic Park. Anybody who knows anything about me knows I will rewatch Jurassic Parks. Just the old ones, one, two, and three. I, I, I'm okay with the new ones, but I will will tear up our original Jurassic Park any day for any reason. It used to be on our movie channel and it was on like every, like I think it was like six hours or something. And Jenny would come in there in the afternoon and watch me watching it. And I'd already watched it that morning. And she's like, why are you watching this again? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like imagine being the people getting out of the car and seeing dino- real live dinosaurs for the first time. I feel Dr. Grant's excitement when he's there and he's going, you know, I'm feeling that I'm like, that would be me, right? Only I'm not digging in the dirt for bones, right? So that's kind of not me, but it's me that I'm excited, right? And I'm there and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And then of course it always takes, you know, somebody to screw it up like normal. And we got Dennis, we got Dennis, we got Dennis here. See, nobody cares, no right? Cares. So the character, right? I can quote the lines in this <laughs> almost as if I was watching it the whole way through, which even annoys my wife even more. But that has to be my third top. Actually, I would probably swap that with Prometheus. Prometheus is my third one, but Jurassic Park is my go-to, especially if I'm at home just chilling out. Uh, aliens, I'm okay with all the aliens. There's not an alien that I didn't like. I thought uh, the third one was a little mm-hmm. odd, right? You know, because she dies and but then comes back again in a whole bunch of other series. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, this is a little weird. I thought the second actually was probably the best. In my first actually, it was good. Yeah, I mean, you go in there with a bunch of soldiers, you're thinking, yeah, we're taking this back, baby, and it doesn't yeah. happen. You know, <laughs> they end up all dead. But kind of thought it was a little jit. That's my personal favorites. Coops, what's yours? Well, before we move on to mine, I got to agree with you on some of them. Uh, they're, they didn't make my top three, but they're definitely in, like, maybe my top ten. I love the Alien series, all of them. And I'm counting Alien versus Predator. Yeah, like, exactly. With the aliens, I love them. Yeah. Um, the sequel to Prometheus I thought was good because that kind of again furthered the story on how the aliens came about um, or I don't remember the xenomorphs that's what they're called uh, how they kind of came about but the one thing of Prometheus and it's a meme across the internet is that spaceship rolling and people running with it yet when she falls she rolls like two feet to the right and the whole thing misses her and it's like Run to the right. You were fine. You could well, have. That's a... what Jurassic World did that to you, right? So she yeah. outran the T Rex in high heels. What? Yeah. <laughs> even made a focus of it on the second movie to zoom in on her feet when she got off the airplane <laughs> because they were like, we need to make sure everyone knows she's in boots this time. <laughs> well, I mean, Jurassic Park is definitely a movie that stands up to the test of time. The the and the I mean, it was robotics back then, right? Most of it were yeah. just yeah. top notch. To where even by today's standards. Yeah you would think they're like just modern CGI. And it's like, no, this was a movie in the early nineties that did this. And it's just incredible. Uh, all right. So my top three, so I'm going to go in order from three to one. Three is going to be a little controversial. I think it's another underrated movie. I think a lot of people, uh, just dumped on it. And because of it, we haven't gotten a sequel to it. And I don't think we will, but I'm going to have to go with Tron legacy. So the sequel to the original Tron. I love the original Tron. I thought Legacy took it that much further. I loved Legacy. Uh, you had a killer soundtrack with Daft Punk. Too bad they broke up. 
Um, <laughs> you had, you know, I mean, it was just the visuals were incredible. It was awesome to see the disc game in modern graphics, especially the light bikes. That was awesome. The whole light bike scene is one of my favorites. Uh, see, my chat even agrees with me. Um, I love Tron Legacy, and I used to watch that movie when it first came out over and over and over again. I just thought it was incredible. The second one, uh, again, I think another, well, it wasn't really underrated at the time because they actually came out with a, well, 10, 11 season TV show after it that then branched into others. That's Stargate. I love the Stargate movie. Um, the original was good. It was a great concept, uh, you know, creating wormholes through a portal, uh, visiting in another world that was ancient Egypt because they haven't evolved yet. Um, I'm actually right now. Yep. Yep. James Spade played Daniel Jackson. Um, uh, Kurt Russell, I think played, uh, Colonel O'Neill, but, and then I'm actually right now rewatching the SG one series, uh, that's showtime and then moved over to the sci-fi network i think i just finished season one of sg1 so i'm i'm ready to skip through that again because it's just i mean it's great i think you'll find a lot of agreement there with my wife by the way (laughs) (laughs) i mean i kind of remember the sg1 series but correct me if i'm wrong is the isn't the guy who plays kratos in there um kratos i'm drawing a blank on who plays kratos I can't remember his real name, but I want to say he was in the Stargate series. Let me hold on. For those who are listening to the podcast, I am currently pulling up. Yes, yes, Christopher Judge. Yes, he plays. He plays Teal'c in Stargate SG One. One of the main characters. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. But. I mean, if you've never seen the SG-1 series, go watch it. I think it's about 10, 11 seasons. It gets better and better as it goes on. Uh, They branched off into Stargate Atlantis, into SGU, which was about the ship that created the Stargates. Um, They did all these branches. And fun trivia fact about Stargate Atlantis, Jason Momoa started on that show. So our Aquaman started on a Stargate series. Uh, So highly recommend it. Go watch it if you haven't already. Uh, Start with the movie. And um, that leads me to my number one. And I think people are going to agree with me. It's a cult favorite. Uh, It's a cult classic now, I guess, since I'm old. Um, The Fifth Element. I, that's my number one sci-fi movie. I love The Fifth Element. I have probably seen that movie more than any Star Wars movie, through any Star Trek movie, Uh, all your top sci-fi series. I've seen The Fifth Element more. Um, Bruce Willis is just killer in it. Uh, I mean, the whole cast is amazing, right? Chris Rock has you dying laughing, by the way. Not Chris Rock. Uh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, that's right. Yeah, yeah, not Chris Rock. Rock. Chris Tucker Tucker as Ruby Rod is my favorite role. (laughs) 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 He's walking around that long hair for like the 90s, talking into the microphone, cameras him everywhere. Come on, man. I, 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 I don't smoke. If, if I know I need to fire, <laughs> I will never quit smoking. <laughs> Great movie. Whenever we play War Cat, uh, Warzone and we need to combine money to get the loadout, I always say, give me the cash. And it's from the fifth element. <laughs> it's the guy <laughs> trying to rob Bruce Willis uh, in the Shit, very beginning of the movie. Plate thing on 
as a little hat. <laughs> I like your hat. Thanks. <laughs> That is, a, that is a very entertaining movie. Oh, I just, I love that movie. But I guess, again, another fun trivia fact, the main protagonist, Bruce Willis, never meets the main antagonist. Um, in the whole movie, they never meet. Interesting. Yeah, go back and watch it. You don't think about it until you just said that out loud. And then I thought about it, and I was like, he's right. Yep. Like, not one scene together. That's awesome. Mm-mm. All right, those are my top three. D. Well, for my top three, number three, this is, I kind of went series on this one or like a whole collection instead of just one particular movie. But my number three was Star Wars, Mm -hmm. the whole collection of movies. Now, you know, now some of them don't get the love, you know, that (laughs) others do, but I took it as a whole because I remember being a kid and my father telling me that there was this movie. And it was cool. And, you know, my dad is really, he was really into sci-fi movies. He still is to this day. And so he introduced me to Star Wars. And I remember the very first time I saw it and somebody, and Obi-Wan lit up his lightsaber and it just blew me away. I was like, that is the coolest weapon in, in still my opinion to this day, the lightsaber is the coolest weapon in the history of cinema, you know, in my opinion. And so that entire series, I've been hyped for it ever since the first time I saw it when I was about like four or five years old. I've seen all the movies, you know, since in the theater. And I've just had a great time with that series, man. And it's just, it's one of those things that it keeps, to me, it keeps giving back to their fans, like more and more. Now you have some things like The Last Jedi and all that stuff where it, you know, it kind of divides (laughs) fans, but... Then you get something come on the back end like The Mandalorian and it totally redeems itself. <laughs> That's right. So, we've been having a good time with that one, man. I love the Star Wars franchise and I hope to see more from it in the future. Hey, D, and you know what, D? I'll tell you this, man. I was never a Star Wars fan, like a, a big Star Wars fan. But I'll tell you what, since Disney bought them out and they read it, I have rewatched all the Star Wars and I love Star Wars now. I'm one of these people that never liked it. I was always a Star Trek fan. I'm like, Star Wars is stupid. Oh, let me run around with the lightsaber. Oh, look at me. I'm cool, but I can't get shot. Even though I have a lightsaber, it doesn't make any sense. But then when you're <laughs> a little older and you watch it, you go, hey, this is kind of legit, you know? And then you watch the whole thing. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. What's the next one? Mandalorian comes out. I'm like, I'm not watching that. I watch a couple episodes. I'm like, all right, two seasons. Here we go. Let's roll. <laughs> I mean, Mandalorian hooks you right at the oh, end of the man. first episode, it does. right? You've yeah. seen all the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yoda is that iconic Jedi master, and then you meet Baby Yoda. And it's like, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> this is awesome, man. That was a, that, that entire series, I love The Mandalorian, man. Like this mm-hmm. Season two just ramped it up even more. You know, yeah, it did. That I, it couldn't have went any better for me, man. I thought season two was better than season one, and it just made me love the show even more. And it... it the thing I'll say about that Mandalorian that really does it for Star Wars fans is it provides so much fan service. So it's like mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the Clone Wars cartoon, you know, if you're mm-hmm. a fan of the OG stuff, it's like we got something for everybody and you're all going to love it. I haven't met one person who said they disliked the Mandalorian. If I did, I would end them. But it doesn't <laughs> You're getting good stuff out of the Mandalorian and that is a great show. But the Star Wars, like thing as a whole the collective 
I love it, man. I'm I'm a huge fan, and I'm in for the long haul on the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. But that brings me to my number two. JD already mentioned it. It is one of my favorite movies of all time, Jurassic Park. Stop <laughs> telling you, man. It's a legend. Christ, my <laughs> I remember seeing this back in 1993 with my father. The whole family went to the theater to go see it. We left. My father dropped my mother and my siblings off at the house, and me and him went back and saw it again that same night. But we saw it twice in one night. I remember being the popular kid at school the next day because I was the only one who had seen it, and everybody wanted me to run the whole movie down for them. <laughs> Dude, that movie, I've probably seen it. It's one of the most watched movies in my life that, that I've ever taken in. It's so rewatchable and holds up. It, even in 2021, it holds mm -hmm. up. You know, the animatronics that they used on the dinosaurs back then was amazing. The writing in the movie itself was amazing. The mix of dialogue and action together was just awesome. The characters, I mean, there's a reason why when these sequels come out, people are like, are Dr. Grin in there? Are Dr. Sadler in there? You know, is Malcolm coming back? Like, it's like, we want these characters that we love to come back. And the franchise as a whole is really good. But that first movie stands out like gangbusters, yeah. man. I love Jurassic Park. It's in my top five movies of all time, and it will stay there forever, man. I love it. You know, it's funny you're talking about theater. I remember, so we grew up kind of poor. Not kind of. We grew up very poor. And, you know, we were, we mom took us to the $2 theater, right? It's so a single mom, no dad around. Uh, mom took us to the $2 theater to go watch Jurassic Park. No. I was probably way too young to watch this movie in <laughs> hindsight, right? Because I was below probably six at this point. But we got our pick of two candies. I remember it like it was yesterday, and I got a Reese's and a Snickers. And Mom's like, don't you eat that all at the beginning. So I saved the Snickers for the end and, you know, check it away. And the part where she's into the control box, flipping them all, do, 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 right? And I think we're back in business. And that Velociraptor shot out from the back there. <laughs> I was eating my Snickers at the time. I squeezed so hard that thing shot up. I do not know where it went in that theater was packed. Somebody got hit in the head with a Snickers and had no idea why. <laughs> but there was some kid that was six or younger, I can't even remember how old it was, who shot that Snickers and I never saw Snickers. Funny story. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I just got like the visual of like Joe Dirt and somebody going, I got the boo on me. Like. <laughs> It probably was melted, you know, young kids, sweaty hands. Probably, whoa! <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love Jurassic Park, man. That movie just, it holds up. And, I mean, me and my father, we still have conversations about that movie to this day. Like, him, you know, I'll randomly talk to him and he'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm watching Jurassic Park again. And, I, yeah, it's on AMC right now. I'm watching it again, so... I mean, no. there's so many memorable scenes from that movie that you can pinpoint. One of my favorite scenes is the electric fence scene. I love that scene. <laughs> you yep. know, like, Tim won't jump, and Dr. Grant is down there like, come on, Tim, one, two. And dude's like, he won't jump off the fence, and then he gets zapped off the fence. Amazing, man. The, you know, the T-Rex in the dark scene. One of the most iconic movie scenes of all time, dude. Like, when you see the foot smash into the yep. mud next to the overturned mm -hmm. Jeep, it's like, wow. Like, this is one of the most amazing things ever, man. So I love that movie. 
I like the part where she, where they were climbing over the fence and she was like, I bet you I can get over the fence and down before you even get to the top. What will you give me? Respect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. It was just not that same scene. No, no, no. Go ahead. Dr. Grant's like, it's not a race. And then he ends up stuck on the fence against <laughs> Zach's. Like, yeah, it's a race, sir. <laughs> <laughs> My number one sci-fi movie of all time. It was hard to narrow this one down. But I went with it because it's now in my favorite movies of all time. And because of what's involved, like it falls under the sci-fi realm. But it is Avengers Endgame. I absolutely love this movie. I saw it in the theater at least seven times. I've seen it at home a whole bunch of times. I found myself on YouTube watching other reactions to the portal scene. <laughs> A million times into that movie. I get goosebumps every time I see that scene. And three words will be burned into my my memory as long as I live. And that is on your left. Because when you hear those three words in the movie, then begins probably the greatest like five minute window in movie history. Like from the portals opening up, T'Challa comes out. And then the music hits, like, it, it is insane, man. And I got that down as my favorite sci-fi film of all time because every year since it's come out, on the anniversary of Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, I watch them both. So I'm in there forever, man. Great sci-fi film, and I'm sure the MCU will give us more going forward. But those are my three favorite sci-fi films and that brings us to the second part of our topic this is actually something i kind of threw with the fellas last minute today but i wanted to kind of ask what is your your personal idea of the one of the more underrated games and one of the more underrated movies these are you know games and movies that don't get the respect you feel they should we'll go ahead and kick it off with the coup <laughs> Well, for the underrated game, I thought of that one right away, and it's a game I've loved. It's another series of games, and I just feel like it disappeared into obscurity, and no one really watched it. Actually, I have two, but it's the Legacy of Kane series. So it started on PlayStation, and the whole premise is, uh, well, it started, I think, on the PlayStation, uh, but you play Kane, who is a nobleman uh, who gets killed. He gets mugged one night and killed and comes back as a dinosaur. Uh, dinosaur. I say dinosaur because I'm looking at my chat. Sorry about that. Comes back as a vampire. Let's let's be let's make this a little more realistic here. Frozen man, you're killing me. He comes back as a vampire, uh, and it's a top-down game. Uh, so you're you're looking down at the person, and you have different quests you have to do, and you get a weapon and all that. But what really kicked it off for me was the Soul Reaver series, which was part of Legacy of Kane, where you play one of his lieutenants who gets outcasted, and you come back and you get this blade that is called the Soul Reaver. And the whole idea is that it rips the soul out of people, uh, out of these uh, enemies that you're fighting. So that just started the whole thing. The storyline is great. There's twists, there's turns. It was about a five, six series game where you get to play as Kane, you get to play as uh, the Soul Reaver. Uh, there's even the, the final game where you play as both and you switch back and forth between the two. Uh, there's time travel. There's, I mean, it's... It's weaved together so well. The story was just incredible how they put it together. But I feel like it's an underrated game because, one, not many people know of it. 
uh, and two, it just kind of disappeared. <laughs> it never really got the full uh, credit I felt it was due. Uh, so you come back as a dino vampire? Is that what yeah, saying? yeah, you come back as a dino vampire in this game. Got it. Got it. <laughs> uh, this is why I can't read chat while I'm thinking and talking. <laughs> um, the second one that I think is underrated but is kind of making a comeback is the Oddworld series. Uh, so Abe's Odyssey, Abe's Exodus, uh, was it Munch's Adventure, and then the the stra- the Wrath of the Stranger. Uh, they're starting to re-release them and update them into newer graphics. Um, and this was a another great game, I thought. It was a, a 2.5-dimensional game um, where you... Kind of like Lemmings. If you remember the old Lemmings game, you have to lure people to safety. Uh, but it was, again, an entertaining game. It was a kind of fun ways to do it. Uh, you can possess people and like walk them into death traps. Um, it was another really fun game, and I'm exci- they've announced they're going to do a new one eventually, but right now they're still re-releasing all the old ones in current graphics. Um, so those that's going to be my answer. I don't have an underrated movie right now, because um, I just thought about the video game side. So I did two video games instead. It's all good, man. It's all good. JD, what you got for us? Underrated game, underrated movie. So when it comes to movies, have no fear. I am a huge movie buff. Uh, I could probably do about 10 movies that are underrated in my personal opinion. My top one that I failed to understand why it's so underrated, but at the time it came out, it flopped, and it's probably because of the title of it. And everybody's probably thinking it's from the boomer generation. But it had such a great cast in it. My personal underrated movie I think no one shows respect for until they actually watch the dang thing, but it's getting people to watch it. And that's the 18. Bradley Cooper and Neil, Neil, whatever the heck his last name is. I thought that movie. So I, I'm one of those people that did not go to theater to watch this movie because I'm like, I'm not a boomer. I'm, I don't. They team stupid. But those cast of characters together were so funny <laughs> that uh, especially the crazy guy when he's swinging on the helicopter plane, you spin me round, right? <laughs> And he's like, where'd you get this guy from? I thought those cast of characters were awesome. And I was so disappointed that I never went to theater. And apparently a bunch of people didn't either because they never made part two. And you know, anything that Bradley Cooper's in gets whatever it wants. And my guess is if they wanted to, they would go ahead and probably make a part two of it. If it was released today, I think it would get more people that would pay attention to it than it did when it was released back then. And it was sad because it's a movie that died probably before its time in my personal opinion. Uh, the game that I always feel like is underrated and everybody bashes on it and I hate everybody, including Kyle, because they bash on it, and that is Final Fantasy Tactics. You can't change my <laughs> mind. The movie or the, the game itself was awesome. I understand that there was a stupid map and you, it was like a three-dimensional game around, but the story in that, if, if you're not, okay, let me do this way. If you're not a hardcore Final Fantasy VII nerd, right, then you can enjoy other final fantasies like nine <laughs> but I like if you're if you're brand new and I, this is probably why it made such impact i mean got me playing final fantasy to begin with and that is uh, the very first final fantasy i ever played was tactics and i love the fact that you had this cast of characters that had its storyline right but it was a very obviously no no speech right it was all text <laughs> but you went out here you leveled up you fought i mean it was the premise for all the final fantasies going forward you had chocobos in there you could ride them you could use them they had powers of course if you kept one that just kept reproducing you had to get rid of it because it just filled up your inventory of bags 
And so I thought the thing was great. I love the summoners. I love the entire, there was an entire skill matrix behind the scenes. You had to like level up each one and then you could get like a geomancer. You can do this, you can do this. And there was this whole thing behind there, right? And everybody's favorite is obviously the Lancers and Ninjas, uh, mainly the Ninjas because they hit twice. But there was this whole back scene behind it that made the game more complicated. I felt like the map was obviously too small for the amount of leveling up you need to do because then you spend most of your time going back and forth trying to get in fights. But I do think that it was probably one of the most underrated games, especially being a Final Fantasy. It got no respect. It still gets no respect today, even though they made one for the Switch. <laughs> and apparently it. it follows the exact same line as the other one, and everybody loves that. So I don't know why they don't love the original. But it's just my personal pet fee. It hurts me in my soul, and I want to cry when I go to bed that <laughs> So there you go. Dean, what's yours? <laughs> I do mind. I definitely gotta agree on the A team. I actually did see it in the theater when it first came out, and I really liked it. I thought it was a very entertaining movie, very funny. I watched it again a couple times, and I still thought it was entertaining. You know, on the rewatches and all that. And I thought that movie right there was what kind of set the the bar as far as Bradley Cooper joining the Hollywood star, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because he had already done, you know, Wedding Crashers and already done, I think, I think he had done The Hangover by then, or maybe The Hangover was on the horizon around that time. But I think like the A-team was what kind of like set it for him. Because especially like, you know, I think that was around the same time Bradley Cooper got in like insane shape and all that stuff and like put on the muscle. And so that kind of set him up for, you know, his trajectory in Hollywood and all the stuff he's doing now. And so... That was a. I love the A team. That's a good movie, man. Very entertaining. But, I liked it. I mean, you had Liam Neeson. I mean, he was a killer actor as Murdoch, and I mean, it it was a good cast. I I agree with that one. I'm I'm surprised it didn't uh, do nearly as well as I think it should have. Well, you also had Jessica Biel in there, right? That's her name. As, yeah. yeah. As a supporting actress, which I thought was she did a great job as well. Uh, usually, I don't like her in really anything, uh, but. Uh, she, I think she did. I felt like you felt the connection between her and Face, right? Yeah. In my personal opinion. <laughs> but I'll jump into my underappreciated stuff. I'll do my game first. My underappreciated game, this is an all-time classic of mine. And not a lot of people I find out know about this game, but it's from the PlayStation 1 era, and it is called Heart of Darkness. This was a game that came out, it was from a French developer back in um, the 90s. And it was about a little boy, and basically at nighttime, his dog gets kidnapped by like this demon shadow type thing, and they take him to like this shadow realm. And the little boy follows into the shadow realm and has to battle all these like shadow demons and fight them off and stuff like that. And I remember playing this game because we... We rented the game from Blockbuster, and I remember asking my father to rent it for like an extra couple days so I can beat it. And, you know, we didn't have a memory card at the time, so I had to leave the PlayStation all night. And so... For those that don't know what that is. For the youngins in the chat, you will understand what it was like to have a memory card back in the day. But we didn't have one. So I had to play it, pause it, leave it on all night, wake up the next morning and jump back into it. 
But it's one of my favorite games of all time. Not a lot of people know about it, but I always felt it was underappreciated. It was a really good game, and it just didn't get a lot of, you know, buzz behind it. But the people that I know that have played it know it's awesome. So that's my <laughs> underappreciated game. And that brings me to my underappreciated movie. People that have seen it love it. I rewatch this movie all the time. I wish I could get a sequel. I highly doubt I ever will. But it is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes. I love this movie. It's one of the best adaptions ever as far as comic book movies go. It is a fun time in the movie. I love all the characters in there. And I remember when I saw this movie in the theater... I immediately walked out of there and said to myself, I'm buying that the day it comes out on DVD because I have to have it. And I think I bought it a couple times on Blu-ray, 4K, all that stuff. <laughs> I know all the songs in there. Um, the music scenes are awesome. The fight scenes are awesome. It's highly entertaining, very funny, very rewatchable. And I just, I wish Edgar Wright would get it together and give us a sequel, man, because I think it would be awesome. I agree. I loved Scott Pilgrim, and I'm not I'm not a very big uh, Michael Sarah fan, but I thought it was great. He was great in that movie. Absolutely. There's only two movies that I like with Michael Sarah. It's Superbad and mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim. Superbad was so funny. One of the, one of the, <laughs> one of the best comedies ever. Made. Yeah. Even. Hands down. Dude. Like there's so many quotables from there. Me and my friends, like we'll play Warzone. I'll still we'll be in there quoting that movie to each other all the time. Like, take off that vest, you look like Aladdin. <laughs> McLovin. <laughs> yeah. It just says McLovin on your ID. Who's gonna believe you? This is a real ID. It was between that or Muhammad. Why would it be between that or Muhammad? Like, <laughs> Like, or where they're carrying a liquor in the Tide bottles. Are oh, you just thinking, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. I did, think, I did think of an underrated movie I can add to the mix. Have any of you seen The 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas in it? I think that's a highly underrated movie. It's a good, dark action movie. Um, so, J.D., you said uh, you're shaking your head there. So, Antonio Banderas plays this kind of like this outcast who stumbles upon this village who is attacked nightly by these, like, cannibalistic tribe. Like, these just evil, evil, like, people. And it's it's pretty much him showing up to help this village fight off this other tribe. And, I mean, it's just... The cinematography, I think, is great. It's, it's a super dark movie. Like, lighting is dark because it mostly takes place at night. But I just thought it was an incredible movie... And I, I don't think it gets the love it deserves either. Antonio Banderas, I've never really seen as an action-like actor. I mean, you know, he's famous for Puss in Boots and, uh, uh, oh, the, the mariachi one. Why am I blanking on what that one's called? Desperado. Desperado, yes. That's, that's a good movie, too. Um, but 13th Warrior, I think, was a great movie. Uh, that was, that's probably my underrated film. We can actually sit here and talk underrated films out there. I got so many. Like when when I asked you guys, it was because I I saw one of the movies. I think I saw it on TV or something. 
or on the internet. And it made me think of like, man, that's a very underrated movie. I should ask the guys, you know, what are their underrated movies and games? There's so many of them that I could probably think of that are underrated, man. But yeah, Desperado <laughs> might be another one that didn't quite get the like the big Hollywood like release. And, but it ended up being mm-hmm. love on like VHS and stuff like that, which is why I got the sequel later on. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time, time in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Desperado, dude, that movie is awesome from an action standpoint. You know. I mean, one of my favorite songs is his from Desperado is that opening number when he's yeah. playing the guitar. When he's walking on the bar with the guitar. Yep. <laughs> Hey, so I got a couple of movie newses, if you guys don't mind me sharing those. Let's do it. Drop it. All right. So uh, this is a little bit from our last time. But also for all of you Jurassic Park fans, Jurassic Park Domination was originally supposed to stop or drop in June 2021. Obviously, due to the pandemic, it was pushed to June 2022. So something to look forward to next year in the summertime. Uh, But the biggest thing I want to come out here is Avatar 2. So a lot of people don't know Avatar 2 is currently in post-production. Uh, it was scheduled to come out December 17th, 2021. Fortunately, that <laughs> also is pushed to 2022. But here's the fun thing that a lot of people don't know, and that is Avatar 3 is already 95% complete, mm-hmm. and Avatar 4 and 5 are already slated to kick off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avatar 2 starts off with the child between our two characters from the last time. Can't remember their names off the top of my head, but uh, a very, very big movie. Uh, obviously, you know Avatar One when it was released, huge amount of money brought in the box office. It was advertised in the Super Bowl. It was advertised everywhere in the big screens, and it brought in a bunch of movie worldwide. It was highest, so, before Avengers, it was the highest grossing film. Yep, and now they got two, th- two through five scheduled. And apparently, seven years is the typical go-between uh, that they want to keep during big blockbuster movies. And so you'll notice that Jurassic Park and then The Lost World had that same uh, same kind of gap there, right? It was about a seven-year gap before Lost World hit us. Uh, and apparently, that's they were scheduled to do Avatar 2 way before that, but obviously a lot of issues come up, and the producers were like, yeah, we expected seven years, and we're pretty close to that mark. So, obviously, good news from them there. Uh, I just wanted to kind of share that information. I had it from last time, but I think the Avatar 1 gets a lot of people excited because there's one of these, like, sleeping Avatar fans in every person you talk to for some reason. Uh, so, just wanted to share that. That's a good one. I mean, that kind of leads to another news story I have that I kind of just forgot about until just now, but it was until uh, JD mentioned Avatar, and that's for those who are a fan of the last Avatar series, uh, Nickelodeon just announced the Avatar Studios. So now that that universe, so separate from Avatar that JD talked about, we're now talking about the Nickelodeon last Avatar movie <laughs> or TV series. Um, so the last Avatar, Legend of Korra, I think they're great, great series. Uh, now they're going to do an entire studio dedicated and expand that universe. They've already announced a movie that they're going to do. Um, and then continuing the series. So they don't know if it's going to be about Aang, if it's going to be about Korra, if we're going to go back in time and get some of the older avatars, go forward, see some of the new ones. Um, but along with that, I guess, uh, as everyone has been hearing, Netflix is going to do another Avatar live series. Um but they've been, again, due to COVID, been having to push that back a little bit, so no release date there. And everyone's just going to pretend the movie doesn't exist, right? We, we can all agree <laughs> that the M. Night Shalomon Avatar movie does not exist. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can pretend a lot of people don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you 
the Unbreakable and the Sixth Sense. Everything else. Right. <laughs> Sixth Sense was such a good movie, though. It was kind of stupid, but really good. The end, when you're there, you find out that Bruce Willis is absolutely dead. You're like, what? <laughs> it's definitely one of the top, you know, ten movie reveals of all time. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was insane, man. I remember, you know, seeing that the first time. And being in the theater with my parents, and I remember like the audible gasp, you know, with the realization like this dude was dead the whole time. So, <laughs> good stuff, man. That was, and especially when they do like the reveals or the flashbacks of him interacting with his wife mm-hmm. and realizing. And so, man, that stuff is really good. That was good storytelling, though. Yes. Well, and I think it's one of those movies that once you hear the reveal, it's at the very end, you immediately have to go back and watch the whole movie right. with that new information in your mind. You're like, wow, they actually, the whole time I'm oblivious to the fact this is actually taking place. <laughs> it was so obvious on the rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. right? Like, All right. So I got, a, I got a question to ask you two. And this was, this was actually brought up between my wife and myself while we were watching your stream yesterday, D. So during D stream yesterday, it was asked his top five most shocking moments. And uh, that was one of them. The Sixth Sense was one of the, the shocking moments in movie history. So her and I got to talking about it and we're trying to figure out what is considered like the number one shocking moment. And I'm going to ask that out to you guys. What do you think out of all movies? What's your biggest shock you have ever heard or seen? Only because I I just one just hit me like a you know a ton of bricks. I probably have to go the Vader reveal of being Luke's father. I I'd say that's probably number one. You know shocks because of what the Star Wars franchise was and what it's become as like this big iconic thing. I think that reveal is something that even if you've never seen the Star Wars franchise, you know that reveal. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. I mean, I'd, I'd probably have to agree. It's one of the most iconic reveals in cinema history, and I mean, it's going to have to be my number one, too. I did I did have two more that I thought, but not as big as that one. The, the other one I thought of was the ending of Seven. Um, yep. You know, what's in the what's box? What's in the box? Yeah, and then also the Kaiser Soze reveal and the usual suspects. Yep. Those two kind of stick out to me, but the Vader one, I, I don't even think it's close with the Vader one. I think that one is far and away number one. I mean, my second one that came to mind when we were, we were kind of thinking about it is the Saw reveal from the first Saw movie. Ooh, I forgot when you see who's really the killer at the very end, it's like, wow. I didn't even, didn't even suspect that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that's probably... See, mine's not... Star Wars because I heard that line way before watching the movie, right? So I already knew it was coming because like everybody knows you're Luke, I'm your father, right? And everybody's like, oh my god, right? But I, I was never a Star Wars fan, so to me the reveal happened before I ever watched the thing. <laughs> right? So I, I'd have to say it's hard pressed to find another one. I wouldn't venture to say probably, you know, either Saw or Sixth Sense. I would agree. I, there, it's hard for me to try to think about a movie that I'm like Oh my god, because I'm every movie I've watched so far, and I think that's why I can't think far back, is that you see the ending before it happens. And it's just it's a unique movie that you have to watch that you don't know the ending before it takes place. And I have to say Saw does a very good job of that. Because then by Saw 2, you're starting to guess who it is, right? right. And you're still wrong by the end of it. 
Saw was good. Like I think I've seen all the Saw movies just because they're entertaining. And they always had some twist at the end. And I mean, I don't think any top that first twist. Yeah, that very first reveal. <laughs> right. But I mean, they all... The way that movie starts, like with the guys in the room, you know, the light comes on, they realize they're in that room together, you know, and they're chained up on separate sides. And then you got the dead guy in the middle with the gun mm-hmm. and all that stuff and the fake blood on the floor. It's like, what the hell is this room? Like, what is going on in here? <laughs> and for the whole movie to go through, it plays through everything. And then the reveal that he's been alive the whole time and he's the one who set all this up. You know, mm-hmm. he stands up, he peels the bald cap off. He's like, the key is in that tub. And dude remembers the key went down the drain. Down the drain, yep. And, you know, he goes over to the name, game over, and slams the door like, it's insane, man. It's one of the greatest reveals of all time. It was fantastic writing. And, you know, while I don't have it up there with the Star Wars, it's still one that's, like, etched in my memory forever. And if I find people who haven't seen the first Saw, I'm like, dude, you got to watch this movie. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. watch it and see the reveal. And I need to sit there and stare you in the face and watch the reveal. <laughs> you know. I mean, I've, I, I always take pride in those movies, like figuring it out ahead of time. Like I, I don't tell if I'm watching with people, I won't say anything and spoil it. But I love trying to figure it out and see if I'm right. So like my best story from this is Shutter Island with uh, Leo DiCaprio when that came out. We were not, I was, I was watching in theaters, watching with my buddy uh, from high school, Zach. And we were not five minutes into the movie. And I leaned over and I said, I know the ending. And he said, there's no way, impossible. I said, all right, watch. And I texted it to him. I said, don't check your phone till the end of the movie. And he said, all right, fine. Now, I had never seen it. Got to the end of the movie. There was the big reveal. And he looked at me and said, there's no way you got this right. And checked his phone. And he goes, you suck. <laughs> I'm like, I know. But I say that because Saw, no clue. Never saw it coming. And like for a movie to surprise me like that is a big deal to me. And that like that movie automatically gains some respect from me because it has actually tricked me successfully. Well, but also it was the only Saw movie that put the person who was there at a complete disadvantage. Because yeah. as soon as they woke up, they kicked the, the drain out and the, the key went down. Yep. Oh, it was oh, boy, yeah, he, he didn't know. So they were dead before it even began. Whereas all the other Saw movies, you have to go through some craziness or kill somebody or dig a key out from your neck or behind your eye or whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. But in this one, he never gave them a shot. There was no magnet to fish it out with. There was no way to look in the, the drain. I mean, they were just hosed from the get-go. They were going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, until you get to so, Saw so 7 or 8. I, I don't want to kill this topic. I want to, I, I like the discussion, and I actually want to kind of keep this for next week. I want to do, <laughs> I want to do movie plot twists and surprises okay. next week. So we can start a whole discussion on that. So that gives us a week to gather lists because as you guys are talking, I'm thinking of more movies with more plot twists and <laughs> Titanic never saw that ending. Never. I had no idea they were going to crash into an iceberg. I'm like, I thought they were going to make it. (laughs) How do you? How do you sink a whole ship? (laughs) How did you slam right into an iceberg? Were you drinking? (laughs) Right? Were you drunk? So we'll do for next week plot 
you know, for next week. We'll definitely do plot twists and reveals and surprises in movies. And um, maybe we can toss some games in there, too, if there's that. But, yeah, I definitely <laughs> thought of some more. So, you know, we'll actually extend it a little more. Maybe shorten the news segment next week and, jump, and ha- just talk some plot twists in movies and stuff like that. Sounds good to me. But... This gives us a good time to shout out the email set up for the podcast. It is the played up podcast at gmail.com. That is played plates up podcast at gmail.com. We're going to be asking listeners. If you'd like to ask us a question here on the podcast, we're going to be introducing the question segment, you know, as we grow, we'll, you know, we'll get some questions in from listeners and everything. And so if you'd like to send some questions in, you can hit us up at playeduppodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Podcast Plate on Twitter. That's the um that's for the official Played Up Podcast Twitter page. So check us out there. We're gonna be setting up a YouTube in the future and all that stuff. So we let's go ahead and let all the guys shout out their socials. JD Hugh, what you got? Alright. You can follow me at Twitter at JDHugh2, because apparently at JDHugh was already taken, which I found odd. Uh, you can go over to Twitch, follow me at twitch.tv forward slash JDHugh, and watch me go live anytime I go live. Schedule is Monday, Tuesday, Thursday for now. It'll probably end up being Monday, Tuesday, Friday, just because uh, Thursdays kind of tilt me, and I hate going into Friday already tilted, so <laughs> it'll probably be Monday, Tuesday, Friday, uh, but right now it's just Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, so head over, hit me up, and uh, let me know how to improve if you think I can improve in any way. I'm always open to suggestions. Koof, go ahead. All right, so I am on Twitter, I am on Instagram, and I am on TikTok. All three of those are at the underscore Koof. I'm also on YouTube, uh, which is at the Koof Live, because again, the Koof was apparently taken on YouTube. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitch for all my streaming. I also stream Warzone a lot of the times with JD Hugh. And that's twitch.tv slash the underscore Koov as well. I D. I am on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, email. It's all Instagram. It's all at the D high. So check me out over there. Give us a follow. You know, say what's up sometimes. I speak back. He accepts carrier pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) Owl for your Harry Potter fans. This, ladies and gentlemen, has been the very first episode of the Played Up Podcast. I have been D High. That is the Coof. That is JD Hugh. And we'll catch you guys <laughs> next week. And as always, don't forget to play it up. Play it up. Play it up. <laughs>